This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. taking the time to listen to us today, to tune in to the podcast, and as always, a very special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the very first time. Thank you for joining us. We're we're honored to have you, and we hope to share something that's going to help you out in your journey as a user experience professional. Well, I've been having a lot of guests on on the show. We're continuing our series tonight on the UX job landscape, whether you're seeking a job, whether you're trying to manage your career, whether you're trying to find that first UX gig, whether you're leading teams, whether you're trying to put together a UX practice. We're going to have some stuff where we're going to talk about that specifically one episode too. Uh, No matter where you are, however, in the UX life cycle, no matter where you are, when it comes to your operation as a user experience professional, we're trying to address things that are all over that particular landscape in no particular order, but just sharing things as they come up, as it's convenient, as, as time allows, because we can only get guests when we can get them. I'm very thankful for my guests and a shout out to all of my guests right now who've been on the show and helping us to talk about this topic and just people who've just been on the show, period, uh, in this two years that we've been doing this, two plus years or so we're headed toward our third year anniversary here and happy about that tonight. Well, I'm recording tonight (laughs) in this episode. We want to talk about another aspect of the UX job search process. We're going to focus on it today. I'm going solo, but we're talking about it from the perspective of the person who's hunting for a job. The person is trying to find a job. And more specifically, we want to talk about an aspect of critical thinking that is critical to the job search process that really gets overlooked quite a bit. And it's something that is, uh, how can I say, it's, it's probably the most complex part of the job search process, and it it revolves around our expectations, it revolves around our perceptions, it revolves around the how we seek to put ourselves in a position to take advantage of opportunities, mark that word opportunity, take advantage of opportunities that, that are laid before us, but we think it's an opportunity a lot of times and it's actually not. And and some people will say, Darren, you are not about to do it again. You're not about to talk about something that's going on in UX and talk about the downside of things, are you? Um, and, and really, let me, let me answer that in question form. What if I am about to do that? One of the problems we have in UX today is that, well, toxic positivity is a big problem. People don't like the average person sometimes does not like hearing about 
pitfalls, potholes, obstacles. And then you run into the same person and they run into a pitfall, a pothole, an obstacle. And when they experience it, all they can, that's all they can talk about. You ever seen that person? Have you ever been that person? Well, in talking about these types of things, because yeah, I am about to do it, but we're doing it to level set you. We're doing it to help you to grow. Those people who only want to hear about good stuff and then they run head on, head on collision with something they didn't expect, didn't want to see, don't like, and now they have absolutely no idea how to navigate it. I am sharing with you things that you need to know about the job search process, things that never come to mind or most times do not come to mind when people are engaging in the job search process only to come face-to-face with these things and to be completely lost. So we're going to talk about it before you get there. We're going to talk about, I mean, think of it as insurance. We buy insurance. We don't want to have to use the insurance, but we buy it. We don't want to have to to rely on the insurance and count upon the insurance. We, we really don't want to have to be in a position to put in a claim, whether it's life insurance, house insurance, auto insurance. It doesn't matter what kind of insurance it is. It's called insurance for a reason. It's trying to ensure your safety. So think of me as the UX insurance guy. How about that? I am going to present something to you. You don't want to ever have to use this and from the perspective that you hope you don't experience the things I'm going to talk about. But the reality is that it is highly likely that you're going to. And because we're covering this topic now, if you take these things to heart and you come face to face with the things I'm talking about, you will be able to navigate yourself out of harm's way. And now the presentation that Darren Hood made that he recorded on October 31st, 2022, is worth its weight in gold. But if you don't hear it, if you get an attitude, frankly, if you don't embrace the critical thinking, if you're a toxic a toxic positivist, and you don't want to hear anything that I'm saying, and you turn it off, that thing that I'm about to talk about is, is waiting up ahead. Everybody experiences these things, unless they're a perp. The only people that don't experience what I'm talking about from the perspective of what I'm talking about, those are the perps. They're the ones that are dishing the things out. We're not talking about them. We're not worried about them. But for those of you who want to grow, for those of you who want to navigate your way safely, because there are pitfalls, folks, there are potholes, there are obstacles. And so we need to know how to get around them, how to get through them, how to get over them. I've experienced them over the course of my career. Nobody taught me the things that I'm giving you. We want you to have success in a shorter time frame because when you know these things and you experience it, it won't throw you for a loop. You can do what you need to do and you can go forward. So I wanted to take the time to say that. So again, think of me as your UX insurance guy. I am providing UX insurance and we're not even charging you a premium for them. How about that? So We're going to talk to you, the subject we're going to cover, the subtopic, because we're talking about UX job landscape, but I want to talk to you about what I refer to as the opportunity paradox. A paradox is something that seems to be one thing, but it's actually another. And in many cases, it's the direct opposite of what you think it is. 
When we see a job posting on LinkedIn, we've all been there. LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Indeed, Dice, Monster, Career Builder. Yeah, those people are still out there. I don't, I don't know if Hot Jobs is still there or not. I haven't even bothered to look it up, but I know the other ones are. When you go job hunting and you put in your keywords and you get your results and you begin to comb through the job description and the requirements and all these different things. When you come across a job posting that you think matches you, we're not talking about people who post for everything. Those folks need some critical thinking too. There's a little side note. You get excited. You assume we all do that. This is a great opportunity. We see ourselves at that company then we go through the process. We won't talk about the pain points of the process. We won't worry about that today. Uh, but if you've applied enough, you know what systems are going to give you the biggest problems. Just be ready to deal with them because they're out there and there are some really bad job posting systems out there. Uh, but yeah, we're not going to get into that today. You apply, you get the interview, you get the gig. Life is grand, right? Woohoo! Life is grand. Oh, I got the job. This is going to be great. Everybody feels that way when they get the job. And then, all of a sudden, reality sets in. I, I, I have a tendency to say that the, the honeymoon period for a new job is about 30 days. Um, and then... So don't don't get too excited about what happens in the first 30 days. Reality is going to start to set in like starting on day 31. <laughs> and then you're, you're going to start to see where you really are. You're going to start to see a lot of jobs say one thing in the post. And then it's another thing when you actually start to do the work. And God forbid you're baited and switched. Yes, baiting and switching does happen, folks. Folks get a position, they get into the position and end up doing nothing that was listed in the job description. So these types of things happen. Uh, so you got to be ready for that. But at any rate, let's talk about, I've got a lot of things here I want to talk about with regard to this opportunity paradox, but I think, I think I set the stage well enough already. You think we assume that a job we're posting for is exactly what it says it is. And we assume that the people who are hiring know what they're doing. We assume that the company, especially if they're a big name, we assume that they're doing all the right things and that this is going to be fantastic. And folks, that may not be the case at all. So let's start to look at some of these different scenarios. And we want to, again, equip you so we can give you some assurance or insurance. Okay. How that sound about right? All right. So let's go. So first, many companies, folks, many companies say, that they want to hire a user experience designer or a product designer or whatever they're trying to hire. We assume when we see a job post that the people behind the post are genuine, that they're knowledgeable, that they are aware. We assume that because somebody hires a UX professional or says that they want to hire a UX professional, that they know what they are doing, that they understand UX and value UX. Folks, many that simply isn't the case and 
It is extremely difficult, even for seasoned people. It can be extremely difficult to identify or recognize when you are dealing with an opportunity paradox. It looks like an opportunity, but it's actually a trap. And, and, and we just, there are things we just don't, you can't catch it. I, I, it still bites me. I know a lot of other people who talk about the same exact thing. This is not all just based on my experience. This is people I talk to all over the world are saying the same things. You get in there, you get this job. Oh my goodness. I thought they wanted to hire a UX person. I don't do UX at all. This is, this is a, a, a common occurrence folks. So on one hand, people are talking about, man, there sure are a lot of UX jobs out here. Are there really? A lot of the jobs that we see, again, go to LinkedIn. Sometimes, just go to LinkedIn sometime, even when you're not looking for something. I recommend always looking so you can be aware of what's going on in the market. Even when you're not in the market, still, it's a good idea to be aware of what's happening in the market, isn't it? So make it a point to look at what's going on out there. But there is no shortage. If you go to LinkedIn right now and do a search on user experience design jobs, UX designer, or any derivative thereof, you're going to get pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of what appear to be open positions. And it is highly likely that the vast majority of them have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And they really, if you really bring something to the table as a UX professional, they may not even value you. And, and it's going to be months before you figure that out. <laughs> so this is what we're getting at. You, you think it's an opportunity, but it's a paradox. It's actually everything but an opportunity. So, so let's keep that in mind today. I mean, these companies, they put on a front, and that's what the job posting is. It, it's a front. It's actually a, a type of false advertisement, if you will where someone says for rent and then you think you're going to go and you're going to rent that place or you, you want to buy a used car and you see a sign that says in a car that says for sale, think, you know what? I like that car. I think I want to talk about that car. And that car is a, is, is a money pit on wheels, but you have no way of knowing that. And, and it's not like the person is going to tell you, do you realize that a lot of companies know that their operation is dysfunctional? Their, their, their UX operation is completely dysfunctional. Do you realize that a lot of companies are not going to, they're going to do everything but be honest with you during the time of going through the process of trying to bring you on to their team. So that means that we have to dig for these types of things on our own. I'm sort of getting ahead of myself at any rate. So, but when a company posts a job, it's not that somebody say, you know what? We need to get a UX person in here. We really need UX. We need a skilled person that's going to bring some value to our organization to help us accomplish our user experience goals. Companies aren't saying that. People are saying we need a UX person or we need 10 or we need 15. One company I know of that had 900 people on their UX team. Nobody needs 900 UX people. So that was I interviewed for that, for that company when I learned that and I found out, wow, that's scary. 900 UX people, when are they going to find out that they've been hiring wrong the whole time? And how long is it going to be before they cut that team? Well, it turned out that that particular company, not too long ago, cut a third of their UX team. So uh, over 300 
user experience professionals lost their jobs because they went to work for a company that doesn't value UX and was going through the motions of populating their teams, but they weren't really doing UX work. Nobody needs, again, 900 UX professionals. That's just ridiculous. So, but do you think the people who took that job recognize that? I recognized it when I interviewed with them. They had the wrong people in leadership. I saw that when I was there. They have a design system. They have a blog. Uh, they have a podcast. You think they're doing great things. It's all a dog, uh, a dog and pony show. That, that, that's all it is. So, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let, let's go through these things that I want to make sure to cover here so I don't get too far ahead of myself. It's going to happen, but I, I'm going to reel myself in here. So they put on the front. We've all seen it. A company, you see a job posting. You think they know what's happening. Doesn't mean a thing. They're just going through the process. In some cases, HR, someone has mandated to HR that they hire a UX person. We've all talked to recruiters that have absolutely no idea what UX is. They're just following orders. They're just, someone said, hire a UX person, and they're going to go out, and they're going to do it. They have absolutely no idea how to do it. They have no idea how to screen people, but they put that posting out there. So it starts in the form of a front. From that point, they conduct interviews. Doesn't mean they know how to interview, but they're going to conduct interviews anyway. They make a hire or hires. They go through some kind of onboarding process. And folks, it's not too long after that. And most companies have terrible onboarding processes. Even if they're structured, sometimes they still have false expectations. Sometimes they're not structured. It doesn't matter whether it's structured or unstructured. If the company doesn't know what to do with their UX people. The onboarding process is simply going to be a joke. But at any rate, or even if it's not a joke, it's still going to be a joke eventually if it's an opportunity paradox scenario. Because it's not too long after that onboarding process, whether it's good or bad, things start to go south. Companies start to expect people to learn more than is reasonably possible in a short period of time. If you've ever experienced that before, um, maybe you're not with that company anymore and you're nodding your head because you recognize, wow, I hear you, Darren. That was an opportunity paradox. Yeah, because nobody can read minds. And it's amazing how many people expect their, their workers to read someone's minds. People don't communicate. They're ambiguous in their terminology. And then they get upset when somebody doesn't understand what they're saying. They don't even know what they're saying. So it's really strange, but that that's not only the UI. I know somebody's going to say, it's not just UX. Yeah, you're right, but that's what we care about. That's what we're looking at today. So, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It does happen everywhere. But in UX circles, it is critical. These detail-oriented people, we're in UX for God's sake. UX people, a lot of UX people don't even do things that are reflective of sound UX principles. So we got to communicate. I mean, shouldn't you have a good information architecture with the information that you're sharing within your own UX teams? Well, a lot of people don't. So just something else to keep in mind. And beyond that, the mind reader bit, then you have people, there are people who manage by gaslighting. Gaslighting is the the, the mode of operation with certain teams. Uh, I've talked to people who talk about this a lot. I've seen it over the course of my career. Everything, that opportunity, remember that opportunity? You were excited about? Remember that company you just couldn't wait to go and work for? 
Remember the one you, you thought that this was going to be great, it was the best move you ever made in your career? And then all of a sudden, you recognize that things are going south, that things are completely out of order. Then that light bulb comes on. You know, they, they treat you as a mind reader. They, 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 you discover there's no real way to win. You, you, you discover that the leaders that are there in leadership positions, they don't really lead anything. They're just occupying a position. And then you recognize, I've been had. You are in an opportunity paradox at that point. Now, at that point, I want you to freeze frame and think about, I mentioned this a few moments ago, think about how you felt when you apply for that position. Think about how you felt when you got that offer. Think about how you felt when you were sharing with your friends about the new position that you were going to. And you had absolutely no idea what you were really getting into. And the people who worked there, they weren't going to tell you. They just don't. They, some companies are, are honest. Some companies are honest to a point. And, and we need to be better at, at figuring these things out. But at any rate, this should not shock a lot of folks. And again, I'm not worried about the folks who think that this is a Debbie Downer kind of situation. This is how you excel by understanding. The people who don't understand where, the pot, where these potholes are are the people who fall into them. So we're not worried about those folks, frankly. Dysfunctional working environments in UX, in UX today abound. They are everywhere. And because of that, you have to know how to understand it. So let me take a few moments and I want to help you to give you some ways to spot these paradoxical opportunities. We've already talked about a few, but I want to highlight a few more. And some of them, again, they're very hard to spot. Some of them you won't spot until after you're already inside. And, and unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast. And we can't do anything about that. But I can still give you a few things up front here. So if a company always seems to be hiring, you ever seen that before? You, you look and, man, they're hiring in March. And you, they're still hiring in April. And wow, the same position is still up in June. Oh, my goodness. The same, it's August, and they're still hiring for that role. There's a lot of reasons for that, folks. They don't know how to hire. They don't know how to interview, and all these things come together to help you spot these types of companies. They don't know how to interview. Some companies, they do that because they have absolutely no idea what they want. Some companies, they have actually already hired two or three people, but they can't keep anybody. There's a reason why companies can't keep folks. There's a reason. And when we are excited about getting a role or getting a particular job, we tend to not think about these types of things or we don't want to hear about them. We, we know that these things exist, but we just choose to turn a blinded eye and we end up reaping that. We, <laughs> we end up doing that to our detriment. So you want your eyes as open as they can be and you want to be able to see what you need to see and make the courageous decision. Because sometimes the best thing that can ever happen to us is for somebody to say no. And sometimes the best thing that can ever happen to us is to turn down an offer. I know people who have turned down offers. I've turned down offers before. And, and it was so great that we did 
in those settings because we were actually walking into an opportunity paradox and the pain that you will feel, the pain you will experience will be equivalent to the joy, if not greater. So, and and the thing is, we'll, we'll remember the pain much more than we'll remember the joy. So for that reason, we need to manage ourselves to make sure that we can stay out of these types of situations. But I got a few more notes on this one. Um, sometimes there's something about a process, folks. There's just something about the job process or, or the structure, how they're operating on their teams. And people are finding out about it either during the interview process during the, the period where they've been hired, they find out, and then they, they you know what? This is simply not right. I don't want, I, I decided not to pursue this job any longer, or I decided not to stay here, or whatever the case might be. And it's starting to happen more and more. I find it ironic that a lot of companies, they really hire, they're hiring for UX is really, really poor. And it, it it ends up coming to light. Companies find, or people find out about it, I should say. People find out about it. Word starts to get out, and then nobody wants to go there. So the these these are the ones. It looks like they have a great opportunity, but it's really it, it's it's a uh, it's just it's a travesty. And some people found out about it and they tell you, I, when I come across companies like that, I tell people as much as I can. I mean, I really, I personally have a hard time when I see somebody on LinkedIn celebrating that they just got a job and they're a new UX researcher, they're a new UX designer and celebrate with me. It's my first job. And the company they're going to is absolutely atrocious and dysfunctional. I saw a company recently where they were they were hiring for someone and somebody in my network was sharing the job and I just shook my head I'm like, wow, you don't realize what you just shared. That company has no respect for UX whatsoever. They're probably only hiring because somebody in leadership told them to go and hire somebody. But when they bring the person in, I mean, we always have to convince people about UX. That's always gonna be a thing. But when you get situations where people just out and out want nothing to do with UX, but you don't see that in the hiring process. They don't tell you, hey, come work for us. Come and do UX for us, even though we have several leaders that really can't wait to get you in here and they're sharpening their guillotine while we're going through the hiring process. There was someone I know, and I won't say the person's name, great person, great professional, worked for a company, they just walked in one day and got rid of the entire UX team. And they got rid of the entire UX team because one of the leaders did not like UX. That was it. Now, if that leader didn't like UX, do they understand UX? Have they sat down and evaluated the value that UX brings to their organization? Do they know the process that the UX team goes through to help ensure that they're bringing quality to the organization and impacting the bottom line? No, the person had no clue. The person probably had a friend or encountered somebody. This this happens a lot, so I don't know. I didn't talk to the person. I'm just telling you what it probably 
would be. They had a friend because they didn't engage with the people on the team at the organization, to my knowledge. But I know that leaders talk to leaders at other organizations. And when leaders at organizations have UX operations that set a the wrong example or they don't educate people about what UX really is, they'll go back and tell their friend. Then their friend goes back and takes that same perception to the company where they work and they begin to do things based on what they learned in that interaction and not what their internal team is actually accomplishing. These are realities of UX today, folks. Can you imagine walking in and the whole team gets fired on the spot? This is happening. And if you go into a company that has that low UX material level, if you go into a company where leadership doesn't have any respect for UX, you are operating in an arena where it's likely to be, or if you're interviewing with them, it's likely to be an opportunity paradox. So this is problematic. Again, so we need to to learn how to manage it. To that point, a lot of these companies, my last point about this part of the topic, a lot of companies have terrible leaders, such as the one I just mentioned, or team members, and people keep spotting it during the interviewing process. So this is something else. If, if there are people, I've heard stories about people, yeah, I interviewed with such and such a company, and when, when I talked to this person, I knew I didn't want to go there. I hear these stories all the time, and I'm thankful that somebody is willing to, they're, they're, they're not at a point of desperation because people who are desperate will accept anything. Yeah, 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 okay, 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 where do I sign? They just want to go in. They don't really care about the risks. They don't care about the potential impact on their health. They don't care about how it's going to throw their finances and their whole life and their family into a tizzy. You have to be willing to look at these things up front. And when you're willing to look at it up front, you'll make a decision that you won't regret. So the little caveat emptor with regard to the job search process. So folks, as we begin to wrap up, everything that looks like an opportunity, it simply isn't, folks. Make sure that you always try to vet out jobs that you're considering and do it as much as you can. Again, you'll always be learning. You're gonna make mistakes. But you still have to try. You still have to understand some things and continue to build on that so you don't run into a problem. Because basically, job seeking, it's really a vocation. It requires certain skills. And we have to always commit to sharpening our approach so that we don't become the victim. Because that's who we become. We become a statistic. So keep building your UX acumen. Because this is going to inform you about things you wouldn't consider otherwise. When The more you learn about UX, the, the easier it will be to spot things during the interview process, which is why a lot, of, a lot of junior UXers, when they do get their opportunities, they end up going into the wrong ones. They many times go into oppor- opportunity paradox scenarios. And then you got to go through it, and then now you got to start working to get out because you realize that what you're in is not the right thing. Wow, this is in, in even UX work they have me doing. Oh my goodness, they don't respect work-life balance. So you need to understand these things up front before you go into these roles so you don't have to experience that type of frustration. So yeah, keep building your acumen. That's going to inform you. When it's established, some questions you can ask, by the way, 
when it's established, ask about the company's UX maturity level. So if a company has been around for any length of time, you probably heard me talk about this before, it's okay to ask them about their UX maturity level. If they're a, a startup, don't ask them about the UX maturity level. What you can do is ask how the current team is structured, how many people are there currently, or are you coming in to be a team of one? And if you're coming in to be a team of one, you need to paint, start painting pictures with the answers that they give you. You want to make sure it's not a paradox, folks. Getting a job, yeah, you're going gonna to get a job and you're going to get paid. You might. I know about people who've gone into jobs and they didn't get paid. So now what? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I have to be aware of that too. So ask how the team is currently structured, how many people, who's leading it, how, how ask about the flow of work, how are projects handled, who's managing the backlog, things of that nature. So you want to make sure that you do that. And for those of you looking for good questions to ask, you know, these are just a few. There's a book that I always recommend. I absolutely love this book. It's called 60 Seconds and You're Hired. Now, that book, they has a ton of questions. I recommend going through the book. Look at what questions resonate with you. Take those questions, massage them, wordsmith them, make them your own. But the book is fantastic. It's a really small book. Uh, it's very inexpensive. Uh, so there's no reason why somebody can't get that book. But you need that book because it's going to give you some things to think about that you may not have otherwise. So that will help. But you got to ask the tough questions. You got to be willing to ask the questions because that opportunity, folks, it might not be. So, but yeah, get that book. It's going to give you a lot of food for thought to help you to, to reach some conclusions or consider some things that you may not have otherwise. But folks, that's basically it. I want, I just want to get some people to thinking the opportunity that you found may not be Oh, I'm interviewing for this new job. It always looks great. It always seems great. The, the recruiters that you talk to to screen you are usually going to be sharp and friendly. That's their job. It is not an indication of what you're about to get into. So don't judge the organization necessarily by how friendly that recruiter is. Go to the next phase. Be ready to ask your questions. Keep your critical thinking hat on and be ready to face and deal with whatever information you get because it might not be comfortable and you might have to make a tough decision. It might, you might have to make the, the unpopular decision, the, the, the decision that's unpopular to you, <laughs> not, not to your friends, not to your family, but to you. So let's be about that today. Understand that some opportunities are nothing more than a paradox. And the more we can steer clear of those situations, not only will we be better off mentally, you'll be better off from a career standpoint because you can go into a, an opportunity paradox scenario as a user experience professional, and it can have detrimental impact on your acumen. How about that for a shocker, folks? So let's make sure that we do the right things for the right reason. And in the end, we will be better off and much happier for it. Folks, that is all the time that we have for today. So thank you again for taking the time to join me on today. And until next time, it's time to sign off. So this is Darren Hood, the host of The World of UX. Happy UXing, everybody.